God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So, let me ask you that question. What does God tell me? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially, the, the Bible is a, a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident, and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, I just had some bad pizza. Jesus said we'd recognise his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. God is and always has been a talking God. The Hebrew scriptures tell of over three and a half thousand different God conversations. Well, actually, it's a bit difficult to count. But then in the New Testament, we read of at least another 30 or 40 occasions when the Spirit speaks to people. But God continues to speak beyond the stories of Israel and the early church. God is still speaking in modern history and the stories that continue to be life-changing. Hi, and welcome to the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, practical theologian, author, and the founding director of God Conversations, a ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. Well, today we are talking all things God Conversations in history, and we welcome a very special guest to guide our conversation. This man is all the way from Minnesota in the US up north. His name is Reverend Carl Wesley Anderson. He is an international evangelist and a documentary filmmaker, a bit of an interesting combination of media and evangelism. He's the author of Love Speaks, as well as the writer, director, and producer of two TV series, Love Speaks and From History to Hope. His vision is to inspire and equip believers for passionate discipleship and hearing God's voice. Now you can see why we've been connected, can't you? Welcome to the show, Reverend Carl Wesley Anderson. So great to have you. Thank you, Miss Tanya, and I am thrilled to be on the show with you, and I just love how the Lord has called both of us and, and many others, to be honest, in this, in this time, this parallel time in history where we are coming to the time of the return of Jesus, exciting, but also turbulent times, and, and how much we need to know the voice of God for, for ourselves and for others today. So I just love that we're both flowing in this anointing, and I can't wait to talk more uh, God conversations and salvation history. I think we actually connected about five years ago, didn't we, Carl? And since then, we've been trying to meet up because, as I mentioned, Carl is the producer of a fabulous TV series, which basically looks at God speaking all the way through history. And we've been trying to meet up all over the world, haven't we? We tried Australia, we tried the US, and we were successful last month. We met up in the UK. It was awesome. Actually, there were three of us, another British uh, leader called David Shadbolt. So it was like one of those bad jokes, a, a Brit, an American, Australian walks into a room and <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> Let's see what happens after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, walks into a bar. We'll, we'll talk about Guinness later, actually, with relation to God's voice. So it all will fit together. Uh, one of the things I loved about your ministry and what you do is how much you profile the God conversations of history. You know, uh, having recently released my book, The Church Who Hears God's Voice, there's a chapter in it on history. 
in God Conversations in History. And I've had so many people comment on that because it was so good to put our experiences, to connect the dots between our experiences of the Spirit and the biblical God Conversations. And you've done that so beautifully, telling stories from people from all around the world. Now, you've got to travel there too, so you've got your travel stories. I know that. But um, I'd love to invite you to share, but maybe, actually, maybe before you do go into history, what about the God conversations of Carl's life? What, a, what a, How did God speak to you to bring you to this place? Great question, Tanya. So, yeah, if, if none of you have heard, heard of me before, uh, my story is a little bit unique in that eight, eight years ago, I got a very serious form of cancer. It was melanoma skin cancer. Uh, by the time we caught it, it was a stage 3B, so nearly 4. Uh, it had spread into my lymph nodes. I had become very, very deadly and dangerous. And my early diagnosis was not that good. And uh, people that have that level of disease sometimes don't last more than a year or two. And I began to seek the Lord that summer. I decided, even though I didn't understand why this trial was happening to me, I would not blame God. I would not blame anything except the enemy because the enemy we know is the author of sickness and disease in many cases, brings brings those as attacks. And the Lord spoke to me right off and said, you know, the enemy is trying to kill you before your time. So he's being aggressive with this cancer. You must be as aggressive in the treatment to come against him and to have victory. So I knew right off the bat, I was going to seek the Lord. I was going to worship the King and I was going to draw near to his presence. And what happened, Tanya, is over a summer, kind of my favorite God conversation is that I initially prayed and the Lord said to me, I'm going to meet you face to face on this one. It was from Psalm 32, um, eye to eye, face to face is the Hebrew. And I knew that it wasn't going to be Jesus appearing to me, even though he has done that, you know, to for people. I, I felt like he, he was going to make it very clear which of the treatments to take. So I had four options. And the weekend that I had to make the final decision, I had eight different what I'll call contacts with God or eight different ways that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit contacted me as a result of my summer of praying. So I'll give you some examples. I was standing on the Bible. We all know this is the number one way to hear the voice is the Word of God. So I'm standing on a scripture. I am the Lord that heals you. Uh, the Lord gave me a living word of scripture, which is actually another way. And that one was from Joshua 1. Uh, I had a vision and prayer about a treatment. I had a dream that weekend about which Lord. treatment about which treatment to to go down. Which of the four options? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it was it was very specific. All four of them carried with them their own unique challenges of side effects. So you wanted to be careful and pick which one God wants you to pick. You know, uh, in my dream, uh, my oncologist appeared and showed me which way to go. Uh, I had uh, I had a a media moment. I'm watching a movie, and the Lord showed me the name of the treatment in the in the movie. I had a providential circumstance where I walked into a restaurant quite spontaneously, and one of our past Jewish clients was in the restaurant, and he he's there. And I said, he said, "How you doing?" I said, "Actually, I'm not doing well. I have stage three B cancer." He said, "Survivor." He's got a big smile on his face. And it turns out he's a stage four survivor, and he says to me as the Jewish man, the Lord is going to be very clear and show you which way to go. So mm -hmm. I had eight of those, right? So mm -hmm. I ended up writing them all down and I added a bunch more. I went through scripture over a two-year process and wrote them all down. 
So I came up with this book in the middle of the battle called Love Speaks, 21 Ways to Recognize God's Multifaceted Voice. I love how also in your title, your subtitle, you have that word recognize. And that's what we're going to look at today is how we recognize his voice because he is speaking. And uh, in the middle of the cancer battle, uh, I had this prayer time one one, uh, morning with my wife, Sarah. And it was one of those prayers where we sort of offered everything up to the Lord. And I kind of said to the Lord, Lord, I I know I'm going to survive this cancer. Uh, What would you have me do? What would you like me to do? And he answered my question with a question. He says, well, what do you want to do? So I'm sitting there thinking about that question. What do I want to do the rest of my days? And I was holding my Bible in this hand right here, and I had it open to the Psalms because we had been worshiping a little bit. And I felt like the Lord say, very good. You're going to keep equipping my church as an evangelist. Go preach that you, word. You'd already been a pastor evangelist, had you, Carl, before then, up until the cancer. Yeah, okay. yeah since the age of 20. I, I met the Lord at 20 and instantly got a call to ministry. So uh, maybe at this point, 24 years I had been preaching. So that was clear. And then in this hand, I saw a movie camera, like a film camera up here, really nice one. So in the spirit, I'm staring at this really nice movie camera. And the whisper, the still small voice, which we'll talk about in just a minute, uh, said to me, uh, I've given you a new calling as a media missionary. And I thought, that sounds kind of fun. Wonder what that is. So I write that down, media missionary. I have no idea what I'm being called into, you know, something with media. Well, uh, what you don't know as an audience is up until this time, my wife and I had uh, had been running a very successful wedding video company called Princess Bride, like the movie. And we had done upwards of a thousand weddings as a company. So I've been telling all these love stories every weekend and um, very much using my video camera to tell stories. And the Lord said to me, okay, go back in salvation history. And, and my first assignment was make one film per way. So there are 21 uh, chapters in the book, 21 ways. It's all laid out. I was to make one episode per way, go back in salvation history, find a story or two of how the Lord spoke to someone in history, and then retell it with, with, with passion to the next generation and link those stories to modern stories and modern leaders that are flowing in them to basically inspire all of us that because God's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful today. And I can say to you, whatever battle you're facing, because all of you are facing something right now, there's something happening where there's a trial by faith or there's something going on, I can say to you, the Holy Spirit's presence will be with you. He is your rear guard. He goes ahead of you. And because he's been faithful, he will be faithful and you can have hope for the future. Mm-hmm. So the whole calling came out of prayer and that a cancer battle. And uh, right now I'm I'm nearing the end of my assignment of 21 films. Amazing. I, I uh, Just listening to you, Carl, I love the way when God speaks, God gives you strategy. I back into the cancer battle to think through which option will I take with these treatments because my understanding of that journey is that it can be quite complex, can't it? And God obviously chose to walk you through it by giving you wisdom along the way. That's that's so profound. And then to actually talk to you about your calling, I, it's interesting to me because often when we think about, well, what do you want to do with your life? We've got our pre-existing categories. And then the God who created us in our mother's womb sees who we are. And often there's no boxes for the potential of the uniqueness of what God can call us to do. You can take all your beautiful creative talents and all your passion for reaching people in ministry and bring those two things together 
And that's what we've got today, a TV producer <laughs> slash preacher. I know. I can hear you I, taking I, I, every opportunity to <laughs> preach, <laughs> Carl. You can't keep him down. He's not just behind a camera. Um, and it was a joy personally, Carl, to be on some of those episodes in your series and to talk into that. But we're talking today uh, specifically about God conversations in history, and you have done a lot of research. And the thing that's interesting as I've tracked your journey in these films is some of the names are familiar to me, but others are quite unknown. And you've trekked around the world and you've uncovered. Now, God has always been speaking. We know that, don't we? But we're not always aware uh, some of the back behind the scenes stories um, about these leaders and figures in church history and how God has spoken to them. I think the interesting thing for me is that Jesus promised to give us the spirit that would go with us wherever we go. And it would be like having the presence of Jesus with us. So when we talk about these stories and reflect on them, we're seeing the footprints and the handprints and the touch of Jesus in different people's lives. So who should we start with? Carl, who's your favourite? One of the people in well, history that had a good God conversation. Let's do three. I, I I think we'll start with Evan Roberts and the Welsh Revival. And I, I like this story because I want to link it to something that's happening right now, not just in the U.S., but all over the world in different pockets of, of uh, revivals and awakenings. So if we could talk Evan Roberts for a minute, because he heard what we call the still small voice. So uh, this is the inner voice of the spirit. Uh, I'm sure different teachers like yourself define this different ways. My way is to simply say that the inner voice is literally like the Holy Spirit within you. So we should preface this by saying to really hear the inner voice, you've got to be a follower of Jesus. You've got to become a Christian uh, with Christ in you, the hope of glory, because he unlocks then, he sends the spirit when he comes uh, to live in your heart, when he comes to, to, to reside. He resides by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So so as you are if you know, a redeemed uh, believer, follower of Jesus, you have a redeemed human spirit. You have a spirit that's now come to life, as it were, in, this, in, in, in Christ Jesus. So through that, that sense of life, the Holy Spirit's voice flows out of you and he flows out your mind. So I often like to say that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you far more often than you might think he's speaking to you. And that's because it, these are thoughts that you're having. And, and I, I like to say it's either like a single thought or a flood of thoughts. And all of a sudden you, you realize you're in dialogue with the Lord himself as he's flowing these thoughts out your mind. We can certainly talk more of that in Q&A, but I'll go to the story of Evan. It's very unique. Uh, in the early part of the, of the 20th century, so 1900 to 1904, there were prayers for revival happening all over the world, including Australia. In my research, I found different pockets of people praying down, down under, uh, as well as USA and Europe and UK. And people were hungry for a move of God. They were hungry for revival. And the answer to those prayers came one morning early. This young man was a uh, just coming from the coal mining regions uh, of Wales, and uh, a simple, uh, unlearned young man, really, but but just passionate for Jesus. And the Spirit wakes him up one morning and says, "Pray, pray for revival." So he spends three hours that morning praying, 
And then the next morning, the spirit wakes him up again, again, three or four o'clock in the morning. And he spends another two, three, four hours praying. And during that spring of 1904, the presence of the Lord came so strong upon those prayer times that his bed was literally shaking by the power of God. And the couple that lived underneath him in the flat below him could hear the bed shaking and knew the power of God was on Evan Roberts. Well, fast forward, he is in a Bible school, and one day in prayer, the inner voice of the Spirit speaks to him. And the Lord says to him, I want you to go back to your hometown of Locker, and I want you to speak to the young people. And here are four points I want you to give in your opening messages to them. So he hears this. He, I love this part of the story. He goes to the president of the school. And he doesn't know whether this is the voice of God or the voice of the enemy because he's hearing this voice in his head. It's the, it's the Lord, you know, but he is questioning. And he tells this to the president, and the president says this. Well, the devil never gives orders like that. You can have a week off, which I love. Right? The devil's not going to speak to someone to go preach Jesus. So, so literally in history, he goes off to his hometown. He tells the pastor. Pastor, here's what the Lord has called me to do. The pastor was not impressed. He said, well, I don't want to give you Sunday Sunday services. You can have the Monday night uh, missions meeting, prayer meeting tomorrow night. He says, fine. It's in the schoolroom adjacent to the main church. He turns up. There are 17 or 18 young people there, and he gets up to speak, and he gives the four points, and, and here they are. The Holy Spirit said to him, share this with, with, with the young people. Point number one. Confess your sins before the Lord. And part of that point was make restitution. So if you've done wrong, make it right, but confess your sins. Number two, put away any doubtful habit. Ouch, we don't like that one. Number three, obey the voice of the Spirit promptly. Now, I love that point. Think about that. We're all That's what we're all trying to teach and learn here is how to obey the Spirit's voice. And number four was confess your faith in Christ publicly. So he gets up, he shares the four points. And by the way, he had prayed during that spring, God shut the gates of hell. Give me, give me one year to preach your word, to, to share your truth, shut the gates of hell and give me, give me a year. That was his prayer. Well, uh, immediately that evening from the Holy Spirit's presence, the Spirit falls upon those 17, 18 young people. All of them profess faith in Christ, including his own sister, who was one of them present, who was 14. Wow. Um, they all come to faith, and the pastor hears about it. They immediately start meetings every night and on Sunday, and Evan is now the preacher, and he carries this on, and in five months, 100,000 people came to faith. Whoa, that's incredible, isn't it? Welsh revival, we know it as today, don't we? Isn't that interesting? It all started with someone hearing God's voice and following it. Yeah, that's profound. And um, one of the things I noted, Tanya, in your Instagram post recently was you put together this idea that at Asbury recently, some awakenings have broken out here in the States and also over there at different places. And one of the points you've, you found is this idea of confession, confession of sins and young people confessing their, their newfound faith or their faith in Christ, both of which are the bookends of what the Holy Spirit showed Evan Roberts mm -hmm. and 
which birthed the Welsh yeah. revival. Yeah, it's so true. You know, when God speaks to us, I find that he uncovers what's going on in our hearts. <laughs> I often say, buyer beware, because <laughs> God doesn't tolerate the things that bind us, those death-producing behaviours, and it requires great humility and vulnerability, doesn't it? But, yeah, I have been pondering on that whole idea of confession of, like, Carl, you're absolutely right, because confess your sins to one another and you'll be healed, it says in James. But I think that that act of humility and that act of confessing it before God is a step towards healing and freedom. And unless we do that, then we stay stuck. And I, I find that fascinating that because one person did that, he, he led other people, which then led thousands of others and revival to occur. I love that. We're talking here with Reverend Carl Wesley Anderson all the way from the US. He's a documentary filmmaker and an evangelist. And we are talking the God Conversations of History. We'll be back in just a moment. Did you know that dreams and visions are the most common way God spoke in biblical history? And God still speaks in this powerful and creative way today. Of course, not every dream is from God. So how do we know when it is? And how do we understand the strange scenes that appear in our dreams? The globally renowned God Dreams online course answers these questions and more. It includes six teaching videos, a downloadable study guide and interaction with the God Conversations team. We've kept the price super low to make it accessible to everyone. Be equipped to hear God's voice in dreams and visions. Register today at godconversations.com forward slash courses. Welcome back to God Conversations. We're here with my friend Carl discussing the God Conversations of history. That story of Evan Roberts, if you've ever heard of the Welsh revivals, how do these begin? Well, it begins in the heart, as always, with God. That revelation that comes from the Spirit comes to the one who's open, following Jesus and submitting to the ways of God. I love it. But you've got a couple more up your sleeve. Carl, go for it. What's your next one? Over here. Yes. Well, let's talk dreams for a minute. I know this is one of the subjects that that you've been given so much insight on and helped a lot of people and Tanya and continue to. Uh, so I won't teach dreams, but I'll tell you the story. Uh, young St. Patrick. So uh, what I love is we're recording this around the time of St. Patrick's Day. Uh, this will be shown later, but whenever you're watching this around the world and whatever whatever month it is, you'll know of St. Patrick's Day. Well, what you might not know is that St. Patrick himself was not Irish. Now, hold on to your seats for the story. He was not even Irish, but we're celebrating him every 17th of March. Well, what's the story? So he was actually from uh, a Roman family in England, and we believe we've we've got it sort of pinpointed. I, I think it's in the northwestern area of England, and I've got a couple of historians that have pointed that out. But he came from this family, and as a young man, he was taken captive by some traders who, in those days, it was quite common in the slave trade to capture young men to, to uh, basically tend sheep uh, and or do whatever they needed. So he was tending sheep for years as a young man, over in Ireland uh, as a captive. And one night he has a dream. And I should say, prior to this dream, he is seeking God. And he wrote in his journal about this time that he was really, he was deeply seeking the Lord in his presence. And, and out of that comes this dream. But he wrote in his journal how even up to hundreds of times a day, 
he would be seeking, he would be reaching out to the Lord. Whether he was in the field, whether it was snowing or raining or sun, he was seeking God. And he has this dream, and in this dream, he sees a ship. So this one is a little bit more literal than some dreams. I believe this was a word of knowledge uh, in the dream, coupled with a word of wisdom. And he hears the voice of the Lord saying, your ship is ready, go. And he literally escapes and runs and walks over a hundred miles, gets to the coast, long story short, finds that there is a ship there prepared and he escapes. Now he goes back to uh, England and for several years he's seeking the Lord. He feels a call to full-time ministry and um, he gets trained. He goes to the South of France. I've been there to the, the place they believe he was. And finally one night he has this dream again. And in this dream, he sees these people on the shores of Ireland beckoning him to return. And, and they're saying to him in a letter, it's, it's all symbolically uh, in the dream, it's a letter to him. And they're saying, come over here and help us. So as a result, he leaves hearth and home for his whole life and returns to Ireland and really apostolically and evangelistically uh, brings this wonderful message because at the time the people of Ireland were were caught in almost uh the demonic arts and like the the they would offer up their children or or animals to blood sacrifice and it was just a just a horrendous practice of of the time and he came thundering on the scene saying no longer do you have to sacrifice your children or your animals god the father out of love for you sent his son to become the sacrifice his blood has already been shed upon the cross you can receive him today and walk in his power and that was a revolutionary message then and now and it also brought with it the power of of the resurrection so he was seeing healings and miracles signs and wonders he was he was confronting the druids with the light and love of jesus and they say in one generation he basically transformed the whole nation of Ireland for the glory of God. And it all came through dreams. Oh, amazing. Sounds very Pauline, doesn't it? Man from Macedonia in a vision of right? the night and off he goes, come and help us. You know, again, um, you know, we talk about God gave us his spirit to continue the ministry of Jesus, go into all the world, make disciples. And we ask ourselves, what does that look like in our lives? And that's such a beautiful demonstration of someone who's hearing from God and outworking Jesus's mission in their context in their day. I love it. Yay for St. Patrick. Yeah. And I, you know, I hear those stories, Carla, I don't know about you, but I, I say, God, I'm, it always makes me say I'm available. Whatever you want, I'm here. Help me to follow because I can imagine that for Patrick, that would have been really hard for him to do, to go back to the place where he was a slave. And, you know, most people with a past like that would like to run away from it. But somehow well, yeah. God knew that he would be the right person to be equipped to go back, perhaps with a heart of compassion and yeah, absolutely. overcome the trauma and the grief of being a Roman slave. That would not have been a nice life. But uh, the sacrifice required sometimes to follow Jesus. Love it. And the third one. The third one's a good okay. one that you had for us, let's, Carl. This is a fun uh, this, one. This, this I haven't is heard be this fun. one. I haven't heard this ready? one before. <laughs> okay, you, you're going to love this, everybody. Now, you have to bear with me because this is talking about beer a little bit. So, That's okay. Australians and Southern oh, Hemisphere. Australians are, are okay. Fine you guys with, actually you're, you're good. Amazing. The Europeans okay, are good. good too. No worries. <laughs> I'm going to title this in my film, which is upcoming, 
How Beer Changed the Course of Modern Missions. So that's going to be the title of this. But we're going back in time. Now, this is the Word of Wisdom gift. The Word of Wisdom is the first gift of the four revelatory gifts that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 that speak of or that are in the theme of hearing the voice of God. And I believe that Paul gives us the word of wisdom first in that list of nine gifts because it's the most powerful. It's it's used throughout Scripture all the way back in the time of uh, of Adam in the garden. He's given a word of wisdom as to what to name every animal. He's given a word of wisdom from the Lord as to what the consequences of his sin will be, but also of the opening of the coming Messiah one day that will crush the head of Satan. You go through Noah. He's given a word of wisdom as to build this ark to save the world. So throughout Scripture, you have this word of wisdom gift in operation. So what I did was I went back in time, and I actually found in, in, in history the story of Arthur Guinness. So you can imagine this young man. He's, it's the 1730s and 40s, and he comes from a, a brewing family, and he, he's coming into a time where there was this gin craze. Gin was a very inexpensive liquor to make. And unfortunately, the lower classes were, were brewing it and making it, and it was causing great drunkenness. The, the social upheaval caused by gin was everywhere. And this, this burdened the heart of young Arthur. Arthur was, we believe, a friend of John Wesley. Uh, John Wesley came through and preached in his family's chapel and at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Dublin multiple times. So it's not too much of a stretch to, 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 to see these two men talking, having conversations. Certainly in his lifetime, Guinness lived out uh, Wesley's maxim, which was earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can, because Guinness ended up giving away a tremendous amount of wealth. But the point was, it was at this time of history that he hears the voice of God, and God basically challenges him, the Holy Spirit. And as he's looking at the gin craze, I believe the idea for Guinness beer came to him and the idea was make a better drink make a drink that men will love to drink or women will love to drink it but it will also be good for them so in that formula formulation of guinness we find the earliest uh sort of formula for it contained very little alcohol it's a very heavy drink it's full of iron and it was so good for you it was prescribed by doctors to nursing mothers for 150 years in the UK because of the iron content and trace minerals. So you have this, this man who doesn't retreat to ministry, but he believes his ministry is in the marketplace. What, what today so hang we would on. call. So, so hang yeah. on, Carl. You're telling us that God spoke to Guinness about making a healthier drink. Did he did he give him the formula or did he just say make sure it's healthy uh, and has a good what, what's the story? That's then? the mystery. That's the mystery. We don't ah. know. Uh, but we, we've got a hint from, I interviewed Michelle Guinness for my film, and she's married to Peter, who is one of the great, great, great grandsons of Arthur. The oh, hint was fun. that he maybe got it from monks. So we don't quite yeah. know. Yes, it's right. The mystery, you know, but it's I've... very special. I've heard of a number of people, I'm not a business person, but a number of people hearing from God about their business and getting strategies around that that are very innovative. This so is I the love word that. of wisdom. Yeah, right. So go on, tell us what happened after he made Guinness beer. All right, so let's fast forward to his grandson, one of his grandsons. By the way, he and his wife uh, had 21 children in their life and only, sadly, 11 of them lived. The rest of them passed away in, in childbirth. But the ones that lived, many of them were, were 
solid Christians, and very few people know that Arthur actually started the very first Sunday school in Ireland because he believed in training young people in Scripture. So he was a very godly man. His son, his son was was named Arthur the uh, Second. Again, very godly man. But his grandson was named Henry Groton Guinness. Now, Henry Groton Guinness became one of the world's best-known evangelists of the 19th century. He gave up the Guinness fortune in terms of not brewing, following the call of God to preach the gospel. And in so doing, he befriends another young man at the time that was being called to missions, and his name was uh, was uh, Hudson Taylor. So Henry Groton Guinness becomes a friend of Hudson Taylor. Let me quickly tell you two word of wisdom stories. First of all, Hudson Taylor gets a word of wisdom. He's on a walk on the beach in Brighton, and he hears the voice of the Lord, and the voice says, Hudson, I'm going to evangelize inland China. Walk with me, and together we'll do this work. Mm-hmm. I first of all love that's the voice of the Lord, that Jesus is on the move to bring his love to the unreached provinces of China of the day, and he invites a, a humble man to go with him. His word of wisdom on that walk, he gets this idea. It's an innovative idea. Take teams of two to the 11 unreached provinces of China and plant them there. So he prays for 24 laborers, and he writes in, his, in, the, in the side of his Bible, in, 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 the, in, the, in the margin, prayed for 24 laborers. So he and his wife and then 11 couples. Well, he goes out, he recruits, he gets more than that, and a year later, he's now planted uh, all these mission stations. Now, his friend was Arthur Guinness's grandson, Henry Groton, who uh, meets Hudson Taylor and one night invites him to his home to help fundraise. So already you have Guinness beer uh, changing the course of modern missions in China. But he receives a word of wisdom and the Lord tells him through Hudson Taylor and through prayer, start a unique training college. So in East London, he opens up probably the most unique training college of its day. First of all, there were no fees to attend, so anybody could go. Second of all, it was non-denominational, because up until that time, if you wanted to go be trained, you had to be a part of a particular church or background. Now he's saying it's open to everybody. He trained them in a unique way that Hudson Taylor did, which was act poor, live among the poor, live among the people that you're called to minister to, and that will prepare you to be effective. So all of these things are tied together, and I love that the word of wisdom called a businessman with an innovation to brew beer, and then later called a grandson and a friend to evangelize and train and go out there into the world and shine the light of Jesus. Amazing. Incredible stories of surrender and mission, isn't it? It's interesting. I often think, so God speaks to an open heart and then a response looks like being sent on mission, whatever that looks like and whatever the, your context might be that we could expect that to happen in our lives. Carl, there's such awesome stories from history. And I do wonder as we look back in the pivotal moments in church and Christian history, how the spirit was working behind the scenes and how every act of mission, every act of God, we see this in the Bible, begins with God speaking. You know, Amos 3, 7 says that God does nothing without first revealing it. He's looking for a willing person, someone who will listen, someone who will be responsive, and then he speaks. And that person believes the word of the Lord and lives according to it. And each of those individuals, Hudson Taylor, St. Patrick, Evan Roberts, um, 
and Guinness all were people who did that. And just as we close, it's just been a delight to have you, Carl, um, someone with the same passion and the same heart that is expressing the ministry so beautifully. Um, can I encourage our listeners perhaps to adopt that same posture, to learn from the saints of history, the cloud of witnesses in addition to the biblical ones that are standing around saying, God, what can you do with me? <laughs> I love your story, Carl as you prayed that prayer in the midst of darkness of your cancer journey. So thank you for sharing so openly. Now, I know that we can access some of the fruits of your ministry, some of these stories in vivid um, filmic quality from all around the world. It's almost like Carl's travel log. <laughs> it's, um, it's awesome. But, but where can we go to? There's a website for your videos, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. So just go to lovespeaks.today. So not lovespeaks.com, but just put in lovespeaks.today. That brings you to our main website, and there'll be links in there. There's a link for the book itself. It is available uh, all over the world through Amazon if you're interested. Uh, and there's a link there to go to uh, the 14 documentary films that I have so far completed. Um, by the way, I will have seven more at the end of this year, and Tanya, you'll be in some of those. So I'll just encourage everyone, when you're on lovespeaks.today, if you scroll down, there is a way to subscribe to our e-letter. We'd love to have you as part of our family. Uh, I do write a fresh Devo once a month, and then there'll be links to some of the upcoming films for free within that e-letter. Uh, also, there is a YouTube channel that has episode one preloaded to the ends of the earth, all about how the Bible and the importance of the Word of God is is is, is prevalent. Um, that can be accessed if you just search on YouTube, Born to Blaze Ministries, which is our ministry name. Uh, but again, mm -hmm. I love speaks that today. When you get to the 14th We will also, film, Carl, we'll also pop all those links on the webpage oh, good. for the podcast. I'll have them. So you don't need to worry too much scurrying to write those things down. Um, but I encourage you to jump on those pages and make uh, use of those, whether you're in a small group, want some good TV watching, want to get inspired by the saints in history. Carl has made some beautiful stories, which I'm very proud to be a part of. So thank you, Carl. Thank you again for your time. It's been an absolute joy to connect with you. And thank you for sharing so beautifully with our listeners. Thank and you, for our God Conversations audience, so th thank you for joining us. We are looking forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to God Conversations with Tanya Harris. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing to the show on your favourite podcast app. And remember, the Holy Spirit was given so we could all hear God's voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Mm -hmm.